Scripture reading is in 1 Peter chapter 2. Bulletin is incorrect. It's in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. Therefore, putting aside all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander, like newborn babies, long for the pure milk of the word, so that by it you may grow in respect to salvation. If you have tasted the kindness of the Lord, and coming to him as to a living stone which has been rejected by men, but is choice and precious in the sight of God, you also, as living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house for a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For this is contained in Scripture. Behold, I lay in Zion a choice stone, a precious cornerstone, and he who believes in him will not be disappointed. This precious value, then, is for you who believe. But for those who disbelieve, the stone which the builder rejected, this became the very cornerstone, and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. For they stumble because they are disobedient to the word, and to this doom they were also appointed. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of the darkness into his marvelous light. For you were once not a people, but now you are the people of God. You had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Let's pray. Lord, as we come together to study your word this morning, I pray, Lord, that you'll uh, focus our minds on your word, pray that your spirit will do a work in our hearts, help us to listen what you have to uh, teach us today. In Christ's name we pray. Good morning. Um, this morning I'm going to need a little help. I need somebody special. I need somebody athletic. I need somebody that's coordinated, quick on their feet, and can do something difficult. Dave, come on up. No, no, no. Come on, Dave. Come on, Dave. Take the jack. No. Stand right here. I was saying Stand no right on here. the first thing. Stay right here. Now, now I need to have I need to have somebody on the athletic level that Dave is. So I need to call on somebody to help me and somebody that will uh, be able to keep up with Dave. Trevor, come on up. Come over here, Trevor. You at this side. Okay, there you go. Stand right there, excellent, very good. Now, now, it's, it's gonna be very simple. Okay. Okay. You know what this is? Bubbles. Bubbles. Oh my goodness, it's got a little thing in here. Child safety thing. I dislike these immensely. Uh. 
Okay, you've done this before, right? Right? It's been a while, maybe. Okay, there, there it is. Okay, grab that. Grab that. Practice, make sure it works. Taking way too long. By the way, just last week, you know, you know, I thought about putting regular water in here, sure but, but anyway, okay. Practice, practice. Make sure you can do it. No, no, do it again. Practice. You got bubbles to come out of yours? Trevor? Okay, good. Good. Oh. Okay, stop, 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 stop. Okay. I'm going to say go. Okay? I'm going to say go. Stop. I'm going to say go, and I want you to blow as many bubbles as you can in about 10 seconds. Ready? On your mark, get set, go. Go, Trevor. Go, go. Come on, let's go. Come on, go. Go, 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 go. Stop, 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 stop. I mean, you think Trevor won? Hey! I mean, you think Dave won? Okay, uh, take those back. Uh, give them to your mom. Don't play with them during the service. But, yeah. Take your leg. Get off the stage. Thank you. Okay. Dave, give it to your wife. We're in Romans, chapter 4. We're in the illustration portion of Romans. He is given an illustration of salvation by faith alone, and he's using the example of Abraham. He's used the example of Abraham for a number of different reasons. First 12 verses, now he's coming to the 13th uh, verse, and he's getting to another point he's going to make upon what, why, Faith alone is the only way to believe in God. Today, we're going to cover promises that God makes. Promises that God makes. And if God makes a promise, how do you respond to that promise? If God makes you a promise, how do you respond to that promise? So we're going to be looking at promises. Now, everything you just saw up here on stage, remember it. Hold it until later. Meditate on it. Here you go. Romans talks about Abraham. Talks about the covenant promises that Abraham received from God. Abraham got a number of promises. Now there are some 
that we think are more important than others, and we kind of say these are covenants that God has with Abraham. But I want you to get a broader view of the promises that God gives to Abraham and how important they are to you, to you, okay? This is very important. So we got to go back. Keep your finger in Romans chapter 4. Turn to Genesis, Genesis chapter 12, okay? Turn to Genesis chapter 12. What are the covenant promises that God gave to Abraham? What promises did Abraham receive from God? Go to Genesis chapter 12. We're going to stay in Genesis for a while, so just get, keep, me, keep with me, and we're going to move through uh, several chapters, and we're going to point out some of the promises that God made to Abraham, which, by the way, has an effect upon your life. Okay? Here you go. Genesis chapter 12. I want you to notice verse 2. Now, we're just going to go in chronological order. Okay? So there's no placing of importance by me. Okay? We're just going to go in the order that it comes in. Genesis 12, verse 2. The beginning of verse 2 says, And I will make you a great nation. I will make you a great nation. What this is, is the kingdom blessings upon Abraham. He is promised to be a great nation. At this time, he has no children. God promises him to be a great nation. He will have a kingdom blessing by God upon him. God calls him to have faith in his promises and the promise here is that he will have a kingdom, a nation, out of this. This has not been fulfilled yet. It will be. It will be fulfilled. Now, there's a verse that applies to us. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, where God, Peter is talking about us, the church, the followers of Jesus Christ. It says... But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. A holy nation. So he applies the promise of Abraham to the church. That means you are part of a holy nation. Why? Because a holy nation was promised to Abraham. Abraham was promised. He believed by faith that God would make him a nation even though he didn't have any children. Now, he, you are a part of that holy nation. God makes a promise, and he fulfills it. Peter declares that if you are connected to Jesus Christ, you are a part of the holy nation that fulfills, partially fulfills the promise given to Abraham. Genesis chapter 12, verse 2, the end of verse 2. And I will bless you, and make your name great, so that you shall be a blessing. The promise number two is that personal blessings will come from God to Abraham. He will make him a blessing. He will bless him. He will give goodness to him. God will be kind to him. Give him certain things that will bless him and make him special. His name will be great. He will receive blessings. This was fulfilled. We saw this in Scripture. God did bless him. How does this apply to us? 
Galatians chapter 3, I'll put it up on the screen for you. Chapter 3, verse 14. In order that Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham, that's interesting, the blessing of Abraham is Jesus Christ, might come to the Gentiles so that we would receive the promise of the Spirit. The promise of the Spirit. God promised to bless Abraham personally. He promises to bless you personally. He blesses you personally by giving you the Holy Spirit to indwell you, to power, to energize you, to give you the power you need to live this Christian life. He gives you the promise of the Holy Spirit. You are given a blessing, which, by the way, the best blessing you can have in your life is the Holy Spirit's influence upon you. So you are given the best possible blessing you could ever get. And you get it through the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. You, when you place your faith in Jesus Christ, receive a blessing that is better than anything else in this world. By the way, you may think that money makes you happy. When what really brings you happiness is the Holy Spirit indwelling you. Third, Genesis Chapter 12, verse 3. Verse 3. And I will bless those who bless you. And the ones who curse you, I will curse. And And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. All the families of the earth will be blessed. I call this a spiritual blessing. A spiritual blessing. He promises to bless everyone because he's blessing Abraham. If, he, if a person curses Abraham, they will be cursed. But all the families of the earth will be blessed. A personal promise and a universal promise, both at the same time. Abraham will be the source of your blessing or the source of your cursing. Now, how does this affect us? This was a promise to Abraham, and he was given this promise, and he was told he would be a blessing or a curse. How does this affect believers today? Well, Galatians chapter 3, verse 8 says, The scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith through the preaching of the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, All the nations will be blessed in you. All the nations will be blessed in you. How? By the preaching of the gospel. By the preaching of the gospel. The promise to Abraham was anticipated by the gospel message which would come later and comes to you so that you will be blessed. Therefore, if you want to be blessed by God, you have to do the same thing Abraham did. Have faith and you will be blessed. And you'll be blessed the first time by hearing the gospel message and responding to the gospel message. And being saved. You will be blessed. Fourth. What's the promise that Abraham received from God? Verse Chapter 15, verse 18. Turn over a couple pages. Genesis 15, verse 18. This is very interesting. Genesis 15, 18. On that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abraham saying, to your descendants I have given this land 
from the river of Egypt as far as the great river, the river Euphrates. So, the Hebrew word here translated land is a word that can be translated earth. Here he seems to be talking about a specific part of the land of the Middle East and that they will be given, that Abraham will be given and his descendants will be given this land. So it's a territorial blessing that Abraham receives, a promise of land, a promise of land. Which is interesting, we have a number of passages talking about the whole land of the earth being given to Abraham. But here, it's talking about a specific location, and it will be fulfilled literally. Now, Solomon was the closest that got to having all this land. He didn't get all of it, but he came close. Other than that, Israel's never had all the land that's been promised. That means Israel will receive it one day in the future. Do they have it now? No. But one day in the future, they will receive the promise of getting the territory that God promises them. <clears throat> Here we go. Let's look at the verse. Ephesians chapter 5. How does this apply to us? For you know with certainty that no immoral or impure person or who's an idolater has in the kingdom of God and of Christ and of God. So there is a promise that comes to the church that if you believe by faith in the promises of God, one thing you will have, not now, but you will have in the future is a place in the kingdom of God. Guess where that will be? Huh. The inheritance is the result of a person being justified. And you will enjoy this forever. Here you go. Let's go to the next point. What covenant promise did Abraham receive from God? Turn to Genesis chapter 17, verse 5. We'll start in verse 5. Genesis verse 17 will start in in verse 5. <clears throat> what covenant promises did Abraham receive from God? Verse 5 in chapter 17. No longer shall your name be Abraham, but your name shall be Abraham. For I will make you the father of a multitude of nations, and I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of you, and kings will come forth from you. And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants, that's a key word, after you throughout your, their generations. Notice this, for an everlasting covenant, an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your descendants after you. So he's making an eternal promise, or you might say an eternal blessing to all the descendants of Abraham who have faith in the promises of God. So, if you understand this properly, he is given a promise that will last beyond his death. He has given something that will last forever. Abraham will be with God forever. Now, how does this apply to the church? John chapter 10 talks about it. Chapter 10, verse 28, it says, I will give eternal life to them, 
and they will never perish. And no one will snatch them out of my hand. They're, they're the church who has faith in the promises of God will be like Abraham and will be promised a future and it will be an eternal future with God forever. Jesus promises life that will never be destroyed. It will be promises life that will never be stolen. Nobody can take it from you. No being in this universe is more powerful than the hand you're being held in. And you will have an eternal blessing from God, just like Abraham. Let's go one more. Genesis 22. Genesis 22. What covenant promises did Abraham receive from God? Genesis 22, drop down to verse 17. 22, 17. Indeed, I will greatly bless you, and I will greatly multiply your seed as the stars of heaven, and as the sand of the seashore. In other words, <laughs> generations will be multiplied. Great number, you can't count them. And your seed shall possess the gates of their enemies. Your seed shall possess the gates of your enemies. What that means is that you will not have any enemies. Abraham has promised at a point in time in his future, which hasn't happened yet, he will have no enemies. They will all be friends. All be friends. Why? Because with God on his side, he will be victorious. Victorious. Victory blessings. Victory blessings. Now, how does this work with the church? How does it work for us? 1 John chapter 5. I'm glad you asked. 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Overcome means you win. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. By your faith in the promises of God, you will be the winner on the winning team. You will win. You will be with, like the sands of the seashore, you will be with the winners. And they will be the ones that have faith in Jesus Christ. From the work of Jesus Christ, believers will have victory over all that opposes God. They will overcome. <clears throat> Long time ago, there was a commercial by a guy named Michael Jordan. For those of you too young, he was a basketball player who's very good. Okay? And the commercial was the Martians were attacking Bugs Bunny, and Bugs Bunny needed help beating the Martians. So Michael Jordan came to play basketball against the Martians, and guess who won? Michael Jordan does. The victory is overwhelming. And the funny thing was in the cartoon, the Martians were little bitty guys and Michael Jordan. But anyway, <laughs> Michael Jordan won. You are on the winning side because of not of your playing abilities, but because of your teammate, God. You will be victorious. Because of your teammate. Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4. All of that was introduction to get us into the point of Romans chapter 4. Now, 
Abraham is promised a number of things. You are promised a number of things. What do we call that? That you're promised? The New Testament. Okay? Everything in there, you got a bunch of promises. That'd be a good study for you. Next year, when you read through the Bible and you read the New Testament, put down a little P in the margin when you see a promise. That'd be a good study for you. Promise. There are promises you have all through the New Testament for you to make sure you understand that you are on the winning team. Verse 13, chapter 4. For the promise to Abraham or to his descendants that he would be heir of the world. That he would be heir of the world. The promise. We can go on with more listing of promises. We can go on and on and on. The promises are realized to Abraham by his faith. The promises will have an effect upon the whole world. Psalm 2, Psalm 22, Psalm 47, Psalm 72, Psalm 7, Psalm, Isaiah 2, Isaiah 19, Isaiah 49, Isaiah 52, Isaiah 55, Isaiah 66, Amos 9, Zephaniah 3, Zechariah 14. There are passages all through the Old Testament talking about the promise that Abraham is given that he will have the entire world in the future and to his descendants. The promises that Abraham receives will also be received by his descendants who are the ones that will look to Abraham as a spiritual father because we have spirit, faith, just like him. And if you have faith just like him in the promises of God, you will be in that group that will see this happen for real in the future. <clears throat> that they would be heir of the world. By the way, the, the verb there, be, the present tense, Continually you have this promise given to you every day. You will have a future place in the kingdom of God. The promise came before the law. So the law does not play a part in you receiving the kingdom of God. The promise would be taken as a worldwide messianic reign of Jesus Christ as king. And there will be that day where he will reign forever as king. Matter of fact, Sermon on the Mount he kind of points to it. Matthew 5, 5, he said, Blessed are the gentle, for they shall inherit the earth. The earth, the land. He will inherit everything. If you have the faith like Abraham. The Jewish tradition thought that the promise to Abraham was the world. That's what they taught in their synagogues. Many passages speak about the second coming of Jesus Christ having a worldwide reign. Matthew 19, Matthew 25, Acts 15, Romans 11, Jude, verses 14 and 15, Revelation, the entire book, talks about a future. Matthew 19, 28, talks about a kingdom time, which will be a time called the regeneration. The regeneration. Acts 3 talks about a, the millennium of the kingdom of God being talked about as a time of refreshing. Time of refreshing. <clears throat> In 
And later on, Acts chapter 3, he talks about the millennial kingdom as a period of restoration. A restoration. And there are 25 things about this future kingdom that I can list to you. If we had time until 5 o'clock today, we could go through them all. But let me just list them for you. Things that will be in this kingdom that we'll have forever. Kingdom will be universal holiness, universal peace, universal comfort, universal freedom from oppression, universal joy, no deformity, no handicaps. There will be instruction given and accepted. There will be a rapid advance in knowledge. There'll be a universal knowledge of God. Wouldn't that be outstanding? Everyone knowing God. <clears throat> There'll be economic benefits during this time period. There'll be an increase in light during this time period. There'll be geographical changes. So it seems like Jerusalem will be the height on the earth. Changes in wildlife. Wild animals will get along with peaceful animals. There'll be no sickness during this kingdom. They'll all recognize God's glory. They'll all be protected by God. They'll all have fresh water. They'll all have universal justice. They'll all have righteousness, and God will be glorified. They'll all have longevity of life and immediate judgment upon sinners. Nobody will labor in vain, productive labor. There will be reproduction that will come without pain. There'll be repopulation of the oceans. There'll be a different language during this time period. And and it's written in an interesting way. It seems like it may not be just like all speaking Hebrew, but it may be where we speak kind words all the time to one another. (laughs) There'll be unified worship. There'll be one God, one worship. And we will worship him forever. Those are 25 things. And it's not everything. But this kingdom will be outstanding. It'll be the most impressive, cool time you'll ever have or can even imagine. And it seems like the church is given a place of authority during this time where we'll rule in a judging type way. I don't know how that is. But that's what we'll have as we are part of this kingdom. Kingdom. I want you to notice verse 13. What are the two ways, what are the only two ways to try to secure the promises of God? There are two, only two possible ways. One's right, one's wrong, because it can't be the same. Out of these two answers, I'm going to give you both possible answers. But there's only going to be one right answer. What are two ways to secure the promises of God? Verse 13. That they would be heir of the world was not through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. There are people that believe you get the righteousness of God by doing good moral works. That God's promises come through good moral works, not faith. Not, not faith. 
you do things, and if you do enough good things, you will earn entrance into this kingdom of God. And then after the kingdom of God, you'll enter into heaven forever. By doing good moral things, and you do more of them than evil, you will get in to this kingdom of God. Do you see the word not there in the verse? I hope you have that in your English translation. Verse 13 was not through the law. The word not there. In Greek, they put that in the front of the sentence. They want to make sure you see the word not. <laughs> They're pointing it out as emphasis. Not through the law. The law is unable to secure a promise from God. You cannot do anything to earn or force or twist God's arm to promise. You know how we used to do it? Remember that? When we were little, maybe? God, if you tweak my brother's nose, then I will give you my best stuffed teddy bear or whatever it was, right? We, as adults, we still do the same thing, okay? But we use better words about it. But we think that we can somehow do something and God will do something for us. That's the whole premise behind this point. Number two, the other option is that you believe you secure the promises of God. God's promises come through faith, not good moral works. The promise of God come through faith, not good moral works. <clears throat> through, but through. The only way to attain the righteousness of God is by faith alone. Through. Faith is able to secure a promise from God. Good works will not do it. The work of justification was done to Abraham, and he was declared righteous by his faith in the promises of God. So we put our faith in the promises of God. Good moral works will do nothing to change God or change his ability to somehow fulfill a promise. You can't do enough to earn his promise. Verse 14. Verse 14. What problems do good moral people have with the promise of God? Good moral people don't like the promises of God. They feel they have to do something to earn the promise of God. Verse 14. For if those who are of the law are heirs, in other words, if you do the law good things and somehow you become an inheritance to it, what happens is you make faith is made void. Faith is made void. Put it this way, good, good works. If you try to do good works to please God, good works will make faith empty. It will make faith empty. Uh, that Greek word can be translated... Soap bubbles going away. Now, moms have those bottles? Okay, good. Do you see any bubbles in here anymore? Anybody see bubbles? How many bubbles do you see? No. There are none up here. 
Now, we had people blowing bubbles until their lungs looked like they were going to burst. But there are no bubbles here now. If you try to earn your way to heaven, you will get nothing but nothing. And you make nothing out of faith. So you will discount faith. You will not believe in faith. You will not act in faith. You'll not live by faith. You'll not care about faith because you care about your good works. And those faith, when you stand before the great white throne, they'll be, they'll be gone. Because there's no place of them on stage any longer. Because they're gone. And you trying to do a good work to earn your way to heaven is like blowing a bubble or trying to blow a bubble and it disappears. It holds no weight with God. The only thing that holds weight with God is placing your faith in the work of Jesus Christ. Good moral works make faith empty. End of verse 14. Faith is made void and the promise is nullified. The promise is nullified. Number two. <clears throat> Good moral works make promises invalid. Promises invalid. The Greek term means to be made invalid. Perfect passive tense. Just like made void. Perfect passive tense. In other words, it continues, it always continues to be void. It always continues to be nullified. It can't change anything but being void and nullified. Anything you do to earn your way to heaven will not be enough. It's like saying your bubbles are still around, and they're not. The law robs all meaning to the promises of God. The promise of God disappear when you try to earn your way to heaven. When you try to earn your way to heaven, what you do is you turn promises of God somehow in your head to your paycheck. You did something, God deserves to pay you back, and he'll let you into the kingdom of God because you did enough good things so that he'll pay you off by giving you a ticket to the A-ride on the kingdom of God. That is like an empty bubble of a promise. Does not do it. Verse 15. For the law brings about... What's that word? Oh, you didn't like that word, did you? Here you go again. Verse 15. Everybody with me? For the law brings about... Here we go. Third time's the charm. Please, at least move your lips like you're saying it. Okay, here you go. <sighs> you think after three years we'd be better at this. Here we go. Verse 15. For the law brings about... <laughs> the law does one thing very well. The law does one thing very well. You try to live by the golden rule. What you are doing is you're storing up more wrath for yourself. So that you will get to the throne, the great white throne of God... And you will have more against you than you did before. Because you try to live by the great golden rule. You try it, and you'll fall short 
And matter of fact, you will get more wrath from God by your human attempt to do something that pleases you think pleases Him, but it doesn't. Galatians 3.10 says, All things were written in the book of the law. You're cursed, everyone who does not abide by all things in the law. You have to do all of it. If you mess up once, you're done. You think one evil thought, you're done. You say one lie, you're done. You, just, you hate somebody once, you're done. You've broken it all. And there's nothing, 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 nothing you can do to earn it. There's no way you can suck back that bubble that you thought looked good. It's gone. It's not going to... Liberal, you get more wrath from God because you said no to Jesus Christ. <clears throat> One to inherit the world... One inherits wrath. Application. Here you go. That's the third one. I didn't even get you the third one. Hey, you know what the third one was. The wrath of God. The just wrath of God. You get the just wrath of God. Here you go. Application. Got that? Just wrath of God. When you seek to do good things, you get more wrath than you had yesterday. Here you go. Application. Well, I remember to tell my good moral friends that they need faith to receive the promises of God or they will continue storing up wrath for their day of judgment you got to get them to understand that by doing good things falls short of the law of God. The law of God is unreachable. Okay, let's say you're in L.A. Everybody, we're traveling to L.A. We're there, okay? Let's say we're going out to uh, the pier. Let's go out to, uh, what pier do we want? Let's go out to uh, uh, San Pedro Pier. We're out San Pedro Pier. We're at the end of the pier. We're going to go to a trip to Hawaii, and we're all going to jump there. Okay? So, you get on the end of the pier and you go, mm, jump, and you go three feet. Did you get to Hawaii? Okay. Uh, I'd laugh at you. And I take five steps back, and then I jump. Did I get to Hawaii? No. Ha, ha, ha. I'm going to laugh at you. Then I get further back. Let's say I get a mile back, and I get a good run and start. And then I go 28 feet and set some Olympic record. Did I get to Hawaii? No. It's like blowing bubbles and thinking those bubbles will last forever. They don't. You cannot do it. You cannot do it. <laughs> I, I don't remember the movie. I didn't have time to look it up. I thought it was a Cary Grant movie, but I can't remember. It was a, a movie about how a bachelor had to get married in such and such a time to receive an inheritance from his wealthy grandfather or whatever. And the whole movie was about how he tried to get a wife in the next three weeks or whatever it was. So he had to do something. And when you have to do something, <laughs> thinking you're pleasing God, 
It doesn't work. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Let me tell you about the microwave bomb, okay? Um, after the last person left Sunday night, uh, there was a microwave bomb in the kitchen. And uh, everybody was evacuated out, and we called in the first responders, and they went in, and they unplugged it, the microwave, okay? Because the microwave was on, and pushing the buttons didn't stop the microwave. It was going to blow up. So I pulled the plug on the microwave. And I said, hmm, who turned on the microwave at my church trying to blow my up, up my office? After they are at home laughing, who did it? And I'm thinking through the list of all the people that were at the Bible study, and I'm thinking, yeah, she did. Yeah, he did. I'm coming up with a hit list. You attack mine, you attack my office, well, we'll, we'll attack your den, man. We'll... And then I remembered it Wednesday. And I plugged in the microwave. And I said, I fixed it. I am man. I fixed it. <laughs> I plugged it in. I said, hey, this is good. I went into my office and I was working. And about an hour later, I hear beep, and the microwave comes on. <laughs> and I'm going, what in the world? Who snuck in and played a trick on me turning on the microwave? So if you want a broken microwave, it's over by the trash over there. Sometimes... We don't do things according to how it's designed to do it. And one of the things that seems natural to us is that somehow we do more good things than bad things and God will let us into the kingdom of God. It's not that way. You are like a microwave that's going off, starting yourself at the wrong time with no food in you. You haven't been pushed. And you think you are. The way you make life work properly and in order is by placing your faith in the promises of God, just like him. And one of the things we look forward to, the kingdom of God comes to this very earth. And there is all those 25 things going on that's peaceful and loving and great. And for us, it begins our existence in what we would visualize as heaven. And we are thankful for what God does. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you would be with each person, that you would help us, Father, <clears throat> to live as part of the kingdom now. And we know that means to live by faith, that we are to have saving faith and living faith and doctrinal faith, and we are to focus on you in every situation, how we can advance your kingdom, how we can tell other people about your kingdom, how we can share the good news that there is a kingdom coming. And Father, that this world is getting closer and closer every year to destroying itself. And we have the answer to the problems of the world. And it's faith in Jesus Christ and the promises of God. 
we have faith. I pray, Father, that we would be encouraged that we have the truth and the faith in the truth and the promises of God, and we have a reason for getting up tomorrow and to share that truth with the people we meet tomorrow. I pray, Father, that we would be able to advance your kingdom. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.